Hi, and welcome to Rescuing Churches. If you love pastoral life, ministry, and church revitalization, this is a great place to join the discussion about why the local church matters, how we can help the ones that are in decline, and be an encouragement to their pastors along the way. We'll even get to hear stories from special guests about what God is doing in the church at large. This show is hosted by two guys who serve the local church and is for everyone within the local church. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rescuing Churches, where it is always a great adventure discussing church revitalization and pastoral life. Learn more at 614ministries.org. My name is Josh. That's my dad, Stan. Hey, who's Josh, Joshua. I, I am your father. He Yes, who whose voice is extremely congested today. <laughs> and feel sounds... Like, feel like closer to James Earl Jones than I've ever been. Not, sounds, even, not even similar to him, but... <laughs> It's getting there. It's getting there. It is not getting the there. not the normal nasally me. It's that's, the deeply congested me. That's right. But he's here nonetheless. Having a blast. Doing the podcast. Yes. And was, stu- was stubborn enough to say we got to knock a couple of these Electronic out. Electronic so fun. We're going to be here and do it. So. Right. Silent partner Mike is here, man in the knobs at Mission Control. Trying not to blast off himself. That's right. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about this idea of images of the church, uh, representations of the local church at large that you've kind of been reflecting on for a while. And I would just like to say that I appreciate a good visual representation because yep. as a graphic guy, uh, graphic designer, photographer, photo editor, somebody who has to handle visual media to accompany all of your stuff, I appreciate any time you use visuals to help an audience gain a clearer understanding of what you're trying to talk about. Well, you should give that thanks to Almighty God, who is the author of the book called The Bible. And, and he in was, the Bible, he, he used was really good at it. numerous images to describe his church. And Jesus was very good at those, too. <laughs> exactly. Tons of great picture, exactly. picture analogies. And that's, and that's what we're going to dive into in this podcast. Correct. So that's actually Correct. what we're going to get into. Yes. So you have a total of six that we're going to go through, and we're kind of going to break them up over multiple episodes. So I want you guys to make sure that you check back across the span of about three episodes. So check back for part two and then later for part three. Today, we're going to look at the first two, which is the flock or the fold, as you refer to it, and then the building. So yeah, the, the Bible is clear that the church of God has numerous imagery. Um, it's a temple. The, the people of the church are a temple. They're a priesthood. They're, they're adopted children into the family of God. They're the body of Christ. Um, today, we're going to look at the fact that they're the flock to start with. Um and then, and then see what we can learn from that. Um, and then this, the, the picture of the temple itself. Right. A building. Really good word pictures, really good imagery. So let's talk first about this one here in John 10. We hear a lot about this imagery of the fold and the, the fact that we're the, the sheep of the pasture. We hear a lot about Jesus being the good shepherd. Um, it's in a lot of our 
Sunday morning sermons. It's in a lot of hymns. It's in a lot of worship songs, old worship songs, new worship songs. You know, we sing the Psalm 23 all the time here at our church. Several versions of it. Yeah, d- several different versions of it. Um, our pastors kind of make reference to this analogy a lot, but what's really at the heart of this sheep shepherd imagery for the local church? Well, I mean, when you think think through the fact that um, the, the Bible's filled with imagery and storyline that includes shepherds and sheep and God calls us in the Old and New Testament, his sheep. We are the people of his pasture. It says in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, he says in John 10 that you referred to uh, that Jesus is the good shepherd and he's leading the fold of Israel in John 10. He's leading Israel out of the sheepfold they're in because it's filled with legalism and, and people that have misunderstood how to use the law for the good of God. The Pharisees, they're the wolves in that storyline. And so he's going to lead those Israelites that will follow him out of the legalism. And they're going to join with, in John 10, he says, with another fold, which is the Gentiles. Yay, us. Right. <laughs> he's going to join with another fold. And the two will become one and become followers of the great shepherd. And that it's one of the reasons I think the title um, that I like to use the most now for a person who calls themselves an a Christian, I think that term has been so badly used for so many oh, years. Yes, for sure. But I've been studying for almost 10 years now this concept of what a follower is. And right. Jesus actually, if you start with the disciples, what he calls them to is following, followship. Followship, exactly. And, uh, and so this shepherd analogy fits perfectly with that. Um, Jesus is our good shepherd. He guides us. He leads us. John 10 says he knows us by name and we know him. We are personally related to him. Um, You've heard me tell this before in uh, Romania. When we spent those summers over there in the mission field over there uh, up in the mountains of Romania camping, the shepherds would bring their sheep past our little campsite along the hillside there. They would walk right past the tents. Yeah, well, and then the the sheep (laughs) would just jump out into our little field because it really was a sheep field that we were camping in. And you're in their territory, not the other way around. (laughs) And these giant, giant woolly sheep, um, uh, almost picturesque, beautiful on the hillside. Oh, yeah. But they smelled horrible. (laughs) They did. And they just didn't, I mean, the Americans couldn't get them to move no matter what we did. And I know they don't know American language. That's right. But shoe would seem to be exactly. a universal language. <laughs> and and shoe did not work for them or get or any of that. Um, and no matter what you did, they just did not. They Wouldn't were just nope. literally locked into what they were standing there eating or looking at. And then when the shepherd or shepherdess, sometimes it was a lady, the shepherdess, would she would bump her stick on a rock yep. up on that little hillside. And as soon as they heard those two thumps, every sheep in that valley, their head went straight up and turned straight to the shepherdess and waited for her guidance. And it's a beautiful picture, a beautiful picture of how the the body of Christ, the church of Christ, how we as his sheep should be toward our shepherd. We should be looking toward the great shepherd for all of his advice, all of his guidance, and all of his leadership. And we should only go where he tells us to go eat what he tells us to eat, dine where he tells us to dine, drink where he shows us to drink, and rest where he tells us to rest. That's the picture of the of the shepherd analogy, Absolutely. very much so. Absolutely. Before we leave the shepherd section, and you have a couple more notes here that we'll get to in a second, but I do want to ask you, especially right now with the way things are, with kind of a post-COVID church world and all of that, how can pastors 
go about because you're you're the pastor of a local church and if we're going to talk about this good separate analogy i thought it would be beneficial for a lot of the pastors who listen to our podcast to hear from your heart on how can a pastor go about being a good and faithful shepherd to his flock how can he learn from the good shepherd capital g capital s and especially in the post-covid church world where you have some people who may not be coming back to church yet for a certain time right, they're right. they're still anxious about it um how does how does the, a good pastoral shepherd care for those people who are saying yeah i'm coming back but not right now but he's still burdened for those that, that that's a sheep that's a sheep that's still that's right out there and the lord's given us the responsibility as shepherds of the flock right as to care for those literally people. pastors and shepherds pastor shepherds yep to care for them. So part of that is the intimate relationship that a sheep and a shepherd have it. It means you get to know your people very and, well. And that burden is on you guys so heavily because I, I hear you say it from the pulpit all the time that pastors are entrusted to guard for the, even guard for the souls of their Yeah, that's flock. right. Out of the book of Acts, we, we guard I mean, for that, their that's souls. That's a heavy, a heavy, very heavy weight. to be burden. So you feel Thanks it. Thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah, you feel so. it. You feel it heavily. And so I think in a time like this that we're in right now, when you have something like that going on. How, do, how does that work? Well, I think the challenge becomes not to let COVID or the impact of COVID give you a pass on disconnecting from people. Absolutely. And that was very hard. Oh, yeah. As, as you well know, at our church, we had people that just would, you know, aren't, they're too too anxious about it to come. Right. So you try all you can to connect with them and you, you get your friends in the church, you get leadership in the church to reach out to them, and all you do is just keep trying. But at the end of the day, especially where we are now with COVID and everybody trying to get back to some sense of normalcy, um, and I've been listening to a bunch of people talking about how their churches are starting to meet full blown again, even right. even in some of the more difficult states. Mm-hmm. I think I think now the issue is um, the shepherd has to be paid very attention to who the flock is, new members of the flock, right. And then the old members of the flock, but you, you really are supposed to know the new sheep how the they're doing. Sheep. Yeah. Visit yeah. them in their home. If they'll let you uh, drop by and see them, take them to dinner, invite them out for dinner or coffee and just stay connected. A shepherd is supposed to know his sheep. Right. Um, my favorite, you were talking about me mentioning books. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite book on the planet about pastoring is they smell like sheep. Oh yeah. So that's a great book. There's a part two of that called They Smell Like Sheep Too. <laughs> so, and I highly recommend that book for all pastors. It's it's a get off your, get your CEO mindset out of your head. Exactly. Stop, stop trying to manage people like they're, like you're a business mm-hmm. and be a shepherd. Get down in the mud with them if they're in the mud. If they're, if they need medicine anointment around their ears and head like a sheep would. Get that stuff all over you, and go get that sheep, and hug him, and love him till he's, you know, got the got the ointment he needs. Exactly. So, so you'll end up smelling just like he does before you're all done. Yep. And Ken Davis from Power to Eight, you have a note here, has a pretty funny note. Oh, that lighting up and live guy, I love him. <laughs> um, but he talks. He actually has some great stuff on sheep, and he had a, he had an old old VCR tape called Super Sheep. Those are my favorites. I can't find it anywhere anymore. But he makes it crystal clear that it's unique that God would define us as sheep because um, sheep are completely defenseless. They are. They literally have no defense except when they gather together in a big bunch. When a whole bunch of sheep get together, think of the church, when it huddles together tightly, the sheep makes what I call the giant cotton ball. Big cotton ball. It's a giant wool ball. 
and the wolves and all that don't want something that big. Yep. So now they don't know what to do. So they're going to keep charging it to try to separate one off. But if nobody ever separates, the wolves don't know what to do. Yep, they don't exactly. know how to handle something that big. They won't mess with it. Which is really important for sheep to learn to stay with the fold. Uh, don't walk away from the body of Christ. Don't walk away from your church. Um, sheep aren't real bright. They, they don't have a great defense system. Um, they, they can literally drown themselves with running water if they're not careful. Oh, yeah. The shepherd has to take care of all of that. So, But we do have a great shepherd that we can fully depend on and he will guide us and feed us and protect us and satisfy us. You know, so search as a pastor, look at the great shepherd's leadership and let's follow that. Let's do exactly what he does for our sheep. Make sure they're feeding well spiritually. Make sure they're, you know, getting living water when you're teaching them. And when the small groups in your church are happening, make sure it's living water, not just, you know, a pastime, not a program. It's living water. Definitely. That's good advice. And then protect them. Yep. Okay, so the second image that you want to touch on in today's episode is this one of a building. And I thought that this was interesting because obviously the church to us really is the believers. And that's spelled out crystal clear in Scripture. Yeah, the people in the church. So the the church, capital C, what we would sometimes refer to as the local church at large or the global church— is the believers it's the actual people so the church is not a physical building and that's not no, what we're saying here that's right but this is a reference to us being the temple of the lord so just to be clear that's not what we're saying but right. we do say it here all the time that if the building were to burn down tomorrow we could still have church on sunday that's right because it's us we well, would the, temp- the temple was we meet the in the field in the parking lot <laughs> the place where god chose to dwell yep that's what the old testament temple was well he dwells in us now so exactly. in ephesians 2 uh, 19 it says so you're no longer strangers and aliens but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household exactly having been built on the foundation of the apostles prophets Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple that's us we're growing into a holy temple yep there's the, you, there's the analogy exactly <laughs> in whom you also are being built together into the dwelling of God in the spirit. So we're being built together. Our our assembly of church members, the regular attenders, the visitors, the guests, if they stay long enough, they're being built together into a temple. And 1 Corinthians 10 makes it clear that Christ is the foundation. He's the cornerstone. And the apostles, and, and we're supposed to build upon that, just like the apostles did in the original churches. They built they built upon the foundation of Christ. Ephesians 2 calls Jesus again the chief cornerstone. And Paul's day, the cornerstone determined the entire design of a stone building. However you lay that cornerstone, it's going to lay the, it's going to, the entire building is built off of that cornerstone. Right. First um, Peter 2 um, says, for uh, this is contained in the scriptures. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice cornerstone, a precious cornerstone. Let's talk about Jesus. And he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe, for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builder rejected became the very cornerstone. The the elders of Israel rejected Jesus, and he actually became the cornerstone of the body of Christ that we now call the church. Uh, it's even found in the Old Testament in Isaiah 28, a reference to that. So the issue is Christ is our cornerstone, and we are the the rocks that are built around that. We're literally temple stones that are built around that. In in 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 Peter 1, it talks very specifically 
about these rocks that are shaped by masons to fit together. Now, if you've ever seen a true stone building, not like a, you know, today we just cut all the bricks the same. Yeah, we just, yeah. Lay them in there and yeah. it all's fine. It looks nice. But, yeah. you know, in the old days, every rock's shaped differently. Everything was different. So, so the masons had, the stone masons had a tremendous job to make a building yep. straight and flush and exactly. level and all that. So they literally had to, to pop, keep working on and hammering and chiseling and, and, and rounding off one stone so it would fit together with the next stone. Which makes it even more amazing that every stone that has a unique and different aspect or angle to it would fit together with the next stone next to it. Right. Which is a great picture. And so. the picture, the picture for us in, in, in today's right. Right. church is, you know, so I'm going to go to church with these three people that don't have anything in inter- anything of interest with me. Right. I have no common interest except for Christ. Except for Christ. I'm exactly. interested in Christ. They're interested in Christ. Yep. Exactly. So now he's got to hone some things off of me and hone some things off of them. Yep. The, the, the great so master builder. So we can builder, all get Jesus, along together. Jesus is called the master builder in several passages. The great master builder, Jesus, is going to, you know, shape me yep. to fit yep. with those people. And a lot of times we get in a church and we don't like what's happening. We run from it. And we go to the next one. (laughs) And God's still going to shape you in that next one. Exactly. Exactly. You still got to get there. So we're supposed to be built up together. As First Peter says, we're living stones that are fitted together by the master designer. Uh, First Peter two, four coming to him as living stones, which has been, which has been rejected, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood, that's one of our other images, to offer up spiritual sacrifices. So we're we're literally to be smoothed off and fit together with other Christians around us, even if you don't want to be. It's like this is how the church is going to be. And the temple was this place where the glory of God dwelt. Well, let's pause there and make that practical application for some pastors because in in today's society, there's a lot of people who've never been more divided than we already are. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's how do you how do you encourage that in your church body when you've got a lot of division and a lot of uh, we don't get along over either little issues or big issues? I mean, obviously, during the pandemic, that was a huge thing. It was everybody disagreeing over when we should open, how we should open. But even if it's just something little like the color of the whatever in the sanctuary, right. how can you encourage everybody to fit together and be well, and, th- and realize think, we've got we're unified here around Christ, not around all that other little I think stuff. in shepherding you have to stick to the core values. So go back to the shepherding. Repeat your core yep. values to your go church. Go back to that all other the image. Time and exactly. remind the church that it's the cross that sets us free. Remind everybody that we're all sinners saved by grace. Yep. Stick with those core values. Remind them that God asked us to dwell in unity together. And the high priestly prayer of John 17, he asked us to dwell in unity together for his glory. Right. It's really what Jesus died on the cross to happen. And if you're a so pastor, when, and if you've got a close enough relationship with a church member who's just, you know, um, you know, being that way, I would challenge him or her to with this imagery that you're talking about here, say you do have a place here. You have a place to fit in the body of Christ. Right. right. Um, you know, and to and to fit alongside all of the the other believers. Um, and that level of division, it, it's it doesn't work if you don't fit. Yeah. And across the board, you really we all should work on our own. So let a man examine himself. himself exactly. So work on your own yep. character. When, when something flares up in a church where you're very uncomfortable. Exactly. You should work on your own self. Now, eventually you may get to the place where you go, you know, I just really am not comfortable with how this value is being driven in this church or whatever. 
That's why I think the Lord has lots of local churches. These are local churches, right. but you should never be just one of these guys that church hops and never, you never adjust you never your land yourself. anywhere. Well, yeah. you never, and you never adjust yourself. Exactly. You're like, I'm going to make these churches adjust to me. No. Yep. The, the church is supposed to be helping you refine your spiritual strengths and your spiritual gifts and your spiritual efforts so you can help be part of the building that brings glory to God. Exactly. And the temple is where God dwells. And by the way, it was a holy temple. The dwelling place of God had to be pure and holy, which is why he has to shape things out of us. He has to shape my attitude that's really terrible. My bad attitude has to get out of me sure. before I'll fit into oh, yeah. that wall. Yep. I don't fit into the wall that's part of the temple of his glory. There's no place for that there. Yeah, if I don't have the attitude, you know, my bad attitude or my bad language, you know, or my whatever my brain is doing that's that's sinful, I've got to have that purged. Why is that going to happen? I'm going to get around other Christians that have already had it purged, and they're looking at me going, hey, man, I think you're struggling in this area. Precisely. Well, I don't want to talk to you, man. I'm going to go to another church. Well, that other church better do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Because it's the same building. If it's it's a good church, it will. It's the same temple on every corner. At some point, we should be beaming the glory of God from the (laughs) temple. That's right. And it it has to be a pure temple. That's the other thing about this image. That's so important. The temple is is a place that's very pure and holy. Yep. God can't dwell in an unholy place, which means we have to keep working as disciples of men and disciples of women in the church. We have to keep working on helping everybody keep cleansing themselves and confessing their sins and seeking conviction of the Lord for the things they're in sin for and asking them to check their eye gate, their ear gate, all the things their thought life, all the things that can be dangerous and get in small groups where you can be vulnerable about that and get that clear Mm. so that you have a healthy church family. That is exactly what the temple is supposed to be. When we look uh, in in one of our next podcasts, we're going to look at the, um, the church is the bride. Well, the Lord wants a purified bride. Same problem here as there. He he wants holiness to be the evidence of this temple. He wants holiness to be part of the bride. Yep. So, and by the way, he wants purified lambs. And the bride picture is something that if you've grown up in church your whole life, like I have and like you have, it's something that we hear and think about a lot, just like the shepherd thing and the temple thing. But if you have not grown up in church your whole life, the bride thing is an interesting picture. It really is, but we'll get to that one. (laughs) But the, but the, it's a weird analogy, but the church is not supposed to be filled with worldly behaviors, worldly thinking and worldly activities. Yep. So that's not a throw out the TV. Yeah, you don't, don't, ever, yeah. don't ever. You can't have computers and drive cars and use cell phones. Right. But it literally means you have, have to guard yourself when you're doing all that. Yeah, my TV is for the purposes of God. Exactly. My car is for exactly. the purposes of God. My cell phone is for the purposes of God. Is not for me. Right. It's for Him. Yep. And now it, I can sanctify it by by using it just for Him, just as I can use my language for Him or yep. my kindness for Him. Exactly. Um, I can serve others. So all of that says we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. As, yep. as members of the body of Christ, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And now we fit into the wall that he's building, this temple wall that we're all part of. We fit stone by stone, one to another. And and then in the local church, it's a bunch of little you know, walls. walls. But when you put it all exactly. together, it makes the it makes the temple. And it's such a beautiful very, picture because it when, the very when that, temple of God. When that happens with believers, everyone can see that from the outside, and they see right. that unification with 
in, inside the church or a church, a local church, not all of that division, not right. a whole bunch of stones and pieces that are all crumbling and falling and exactly. falling apart from each other and messing up and all that kind of stuff. They see this unified. And that, that's literally when the church is doing as it should. And it's strong. Where they're not judging one another, but they're encouraging one another. Which they're would be not, the, a good name for a sermon series, Strong Church. Strong Church, yeah. <laughs> they're not condemning one another, but they're they're in, bringing conviction into each other's lives and, and encouragement to each other. They're all trying to, the church members are all all trying to get to the same place of glorifying the Lord with their personal lives and loving the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and their neighbor as their self. Exactly. Exactly. Excellent. All right. We're going to hit part two of this on the next episode. Um, and so you won't want to miss that. And that's going to do it for us today. Be sure to check out all the details of our upcoming pastors conference by visiting the Shepherd Summit tab on our website. Hey, we'd really love to see a bunch of you guys there. So yes. I know a number of you have already signed up. Yep. But those of you that listen to this regularly, we'd really love to see you come visit us here in Mobile. And, Absolutely. Uh, we got some great meals planned. We got an incredible speaker yep. coming out of California. Uh, he's written a number of books. Josh going to tell you a little bit about him. Yeah, Carl Vader's uh, from. Um, he's got several several different books that are out, and um, it, you can find him at um, on his Facebook page. You can find him on social media everywhere. Um, he's he's written some inc- incredible things, and we'll put all of that in the show notes for you. If you if you visit six fourteen ministries and hit the Shepherd Summit tab, all of his information is listed there. You can also uh, register and sign up, which we would really like to have you do because that'll give us a head count on who all is coming. You got anything else to add to that? No, I think that's great. And and I'm seriously looking forward to seeing a bunch of you here. It's going to be blazing hot middle of the summer, July in Mobile. It's Mobile. Um, But we we are excited about having you here. We're really trying to figure out a way to give you guys a a really blessed three days of refreshing. And we're going to talk a lot as pastors roundtable together. We're going to talk a lot in an open room with just everybody talking with everybody. Um, we're going to do panel discussions, and we're going to have this great uh, in- information brought to us by by Carl. So looking very forward to it. Yep. All right. I'm Josh. That's Dan, silent partner Mike. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. You've been listening to Rescuing Churches, a discussion for the local church and its leaders. This show is brought to you by 614 Ministries. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 614Rebuild and visit us online at 614ministries.org. Also, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Thanks for listening.